0: In early April, Google and Apple announced an unprecedented partnership to build a new feature into Android and iOS. The new feature will enable contact tracing, which will keep track of who you interact with as we go about our daily lives and return to the new normal during COVID-19. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. How does it work? What does it mean? Privacy implications? Should it even exist? I'm Jason Cipriani with Jason Perlow. This is Jason Square. All right, Jason, so what exactly is this contact tracing feature?
1: So, as you said, in an unprecedented move, Apple and Google have now decided to partner on a system. Essentially, it's a protocol and an application as well um, for phones. When uh, you get near someone who um, has, uh, well, if you get near anybody, essentially, the, the phones will do a, a wireless handshake over Bluetooth. Transparency, you won't even be aware of it. It'll just happen in the back. So let's say you were in a room with me um, and we're both carrying, I, you're carrying an iPhone and I'm carrying a, an Android, right? These phones will handshake and talk to each other and exchange keys, kind of like they're they're swapping business cards or contacts, except that right. you're not aware of it. They're going to be storing this in an encrypted storage area and you know, then we'll go about our daily lives, right? But maybe in a week um, I get sick and I get diagnosed with COVID-19. Well, if I get diagnosed with COVID-19, I have to hit a button that says I've been diagnosed with COVID-19. And then suddenly you get a notification, right? That someone you've been exposed to, not necessarily you've been exposed to Jason Perlow who got sick with COVID-19, but you've been exposed to somebody who has been diagnosed with COVID-19 and you should quarantine yourself or get checked out as soon as possible. That's how the thing works. Now, there's a big architectural data flow that they've shared and all kinds of uh, screenshots and sample code, application programming interfaces to build apps for this thing, but that is effectively how it is
0: supposed to work in, in, in theory. Right, yeah. So the features built into Android. And iOS, I think Google's is issuing the update through the Play Store and it's uh, Play Protect, you know, background uh, ability to add this to phones that are already out there. We saw the first glimpse of it in iOS 13.5, which is currently in beta, so it's not available to the general public. But like you said, uh, it's, actually, it's going to be an app in the first wave. There's actually two phases here to it. The first one is health departments, health professionals can apply with Google and Apple to get approved to be able to build an app against the API uh, for either phone. So let's say the CDC gets approved, they can build an app, and then your phone will communicate with others around you throughout the day, and you install that app, it logs it, like you said, you you identify whether or not you have COVID-19 or if you have a positive case of it and then alerts go out. But the second wave of it is it will do all of this on its own in the background without you knowing or having to install an app. And then eventually you could get a push alert if you come into contact with someone that will then instruct you to download your local health department's app and let you know what next steps you need to take, which is kind of privacy concerning for a lot of people and i get it but i think we need to dive into exactly how this works and the precautions that both companies are taking but also you know possible issues that could creep up during that so from my understanding and reading through the documents jason our our phones will create a unique key that resets every 10 to 20 minutes and that happens all day long whether you're traveling out of outside of your house or whether you're at your home During that time, it's broadcasting that key, as well as the devices that people who have opted in for this first phase, um, and second phase really, uh, are broadcasting the same keys. Your phone then keeps a log of all those keys it's come in contact with for the last 14 days. As you you get to day 15, it drops off the oldest keys and it just continues keeping that log. Uh, So it's pretty random and there's nothing tied to your name. The apps and services that go into this are not allowed to track your location. They can't even access, the apps can't even request access to your location. So they won't know if you went to Home Depot and ran into someone or if you were doing it at Walmart or whatever. They'll have no idea where you've gone and where you've been or even your name for that matter. Uh, so let's start there. What do, you, what do you think about how the Bluetooth keys sync and hand off?
1: So, so the anonymization of the keys, uh, I'm fine with the way that that works and the randomization of the keys, that's fine. Um, I, I have a lot of concerns about the system's architecture in general of, of how this is made and some of the psychology of how this is supposed to work, right? Um, so for starters, the fact that it is not gathering any form of geographic information at all, to me, diminishes the value of the application because there's a lot of stuff that could be done with big data to understand hot spots, where, where people are getting infected, that sort of thing, which could be extremely helpful um, in, 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 in all sorts of, of situations, whether it's a, a low density population area or a high density population area, it would be good to know where all those places are that people are congregating in or and are interacting and potentially where we need to have law enforcement to intervene on social distancing better, right, to, how to better deploy these police. For example, I live in a town that's 25 square miles. Now, it's not possible for my police force of like, say, I don't know, 50 guys to necessarily patrol every shopping plaza and making sure people aren't standing outside the Indian restaurant waiting for their pickup order, yeah. uh, you know, and not wearing masks, which is something that happens where I live. Um, they may not know to be there, but if we have this type of contract creation and people are standing there with their cell phones and suddenly there, we know these things, no, can probably tell if they're more than six feet away from it each other or less. Right, they can you know, especially with the Apple Ultra Wideband chip and the newer phones, I'm not saying all oh, the old phones can do it, but guess what? There's certain things you can do with Bluetooth. There's more technology that could be applied to this thing. The second thing that I don't like about this is the entire voluntary nature of the, yeah, I've been diagnosed with COVID-19. If it's voluntary, we're assuming that, now you and I can talk all day long, Jason, that, yeah, you know what? If I get sick, I'm going to hit the button and say, Yeah, I've been diagnosed with COVID 19, guys. Yeah, I you're, have
0: no problem doing that.
1: You have, you're saying you have no problem doing it. I'm saying I had no problem doing it, but you and I have not gotten sick with this thing yet. Very true, right? So we know that human beings, for lack of a better descriptor, suck, right? So Not everybody is going to be altruistic and want to hit that. As it is, people don't want to tell people that they've gotten, uh, you know, a cold. People don't want to tell people that they've gotten, you know, sexually transmitted diseases that are easily curable, you know, like with a shot. So there's, there's, there are, human behavior is a very weird thing. And if you leave it up to the human to make that choice, I don't know how effective a solution this is going to be.
0: Yeah, I think there's a big difference between COVID and an STD though. But back to your point earlier, it does when you hit the button, it doesn't actually send out, hey, this is the person who got sick. It's completely anonymous. Even the health department doesn't know. I mean, obviously they know because you tested positive and they've given you a pin code you have to enter before you can hit that button and say, "Yes, I have a positive test." So, you know, people can't just for fun random correct.
1: You're 100% correct.
0: So, but- not everybody
1: and understands the implications of that. So some, you know, as it is, you know, there are people who are out there who believe all kinds of crazy things, you know, just be, and, and will completely refute all the scientific and technology information that get thrown at them, even though it's listed very clear in black and white. So people are naturally uh, one, untrustworthy and two reject expertise of any form. So even if you and I both you and I both know. That hitting that button doesn't result in any exposure of your identification, people are still right. going to think that X, Y, and Z. The other thing is, is that, you know, I do also have some concerns about the stewardship of the keys and, and that 14-day grace period, right? Because the way that the systems architecture currently describes it, there is a server out there that I believe has to be maintained by local health authorities right, right in the geo in which you're using that equipment that the the the, the, the app, right? right? But by the way, the app has to be customized to each is in theory this this app, this template app, Apple and Google are releasing for each of their platforms, right? There's gonna be the initial app, right? And then and then local health authorities are gonna have to have somebody that's in charge of customizing it and submitting it back to the app stores and maintaining it, right? So each there's going to be local caches of these um, these, these 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 key stores right for, well for so
0: 14- as your phone is logging keys it's all local it's kept on your phone the only time keys are uploaded is when you test positive right or, but there's
1: going to be a positive key store that's going to live someplace in each state presumably right. Right? yeah yeah, yeah.
0: Well, i just want to make it clear though you're not uploading your keys or no. seven those, those are staying local on your device, unless you either test positive or one of the keys that you've interacted with has notified of a positive test.
1: Now, I haven't looked at the metadata of those keys or what type of things they contain. But look, let's say somebody breaks into one of these key stores. Who knows what the hell else is, is stored on these key stores, right? Where the what you know? And the other thing is is the issue of local maintenance of apps. Now, if you if you leave it up to a local health authority to maintain code. Right. Someone's going to have to maintain someone's going to have to manipulate that code. Right. So it's, it's code that's now out of Apple and Google's hands. Who knows what can be injected into that code if, if, if someone is stupid about their development processes. And also, we don't know what hackers can potentially do with these APIs. Right. Uh, once, once they get a hold of them, they could be using for nefarious purposes, other types of purposes. So especially Android, I'm, not, I'm less concerned about iOS than I am about people uh, touching APIs in Android. You know, that's, that's, that, that concerns me. So I, I really think there should only be one application, one app that's maintained by Google and Apple for each of their respective operating systems. And there should only be one app per country. Per 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 major health department. So there should be a CDC and an A and the WHO, and you know whatever Germany has and whatever I, I you know UK. It sounds like they're going the wrong way, but the EU will have that should have their own app, and whatever Asian countries and, and African countries and South American countries, Canada should have their own app, Mexico whatever. But there shouldn't each country should be responsible for maintaining their app and their and their and their key store. I don't think you know Broward County, Florida. Should have its own app. That's ridiculous. No, I, mean,
0: I agree with you 100% there. Yeah. My local county, I don't think they should develop and maintain their own database and app. I think what should happen, I agree the CDC should have an overall, you know, play in this, but even if at just the state level, that way, you know, if you, you get an alert that someone tested positive, you get localized information fed fed to you so hey here's what you need to do here's where you can go get tested here's you know da 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 for the local environment that you live in whereas if it's just a national or federal owned app it's going to be very generic information that is going to only tell you go to your local health department so did they
1: explain, did they explain what happens if you get infected by a transient from another country let's say someone from china comes to the united states right and I'm walking around, you know, Home Depot and he decides to go shopping for the afternoon and he's carrying something and he infects me. He sneezes. He sneezes in the Home Depot in the in the in the, uh, in, the, in, the in the light bulb section while I'm shopping for light bulbs. Then he goes home. To, then he goes home to Wuhan. Right. Um, how how does my iPhone communicate with his Android, his his Huawei Android in, in China? Did they, they explain or he he comes back to me that he's sick? Did yeah. that explain that scenario at all?
0: No, nothing that I've seen in the documentation. I mean, if he has it at the system level, you have it at the system level. In theory, it should work, but it depends on, you know, the implementation and the rules and regulations over in I, China. I I you
1: know, like I said, you know, I mean, because people are, are are in different health systems, too. Like, I mean, if, I'm, if someone comes from New York, we're getting a lot of New Yorkers coming down to Florida to visit, and maybe, you know, we kick them out because we don't want the New Yorkers here or something, whatever. I mean, how does the New York, I mean, this has to be reciprocity and stuff between those servers. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of details that I don't
0: quite understand yet. All of it ties into the same API though. So Google and Apple own that centralized API, unless you're someone like the UK and some of the other countries who have gone off and decided to do this on their own. It doesn't matter if you live in New York or Colorado and use that specific app. So they're
1: cloud APIs. They're not, they're not, they're not, they're not OS APIs necessarily.
0: Right. Yeah. And, 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 as long as they're tied in, the apps are built to this specification, it's going to alert you. It it doesn't matter where- it's so and
1: iCloud are in theory talking to each other with these
0: things. Right, yeah, exactly. And as far as the the data that is actually kept and transmitted, uh, it is in the documentation already. It is, they let you know that, hey, you've been exposed, but they also send you the range of the Bluetooth communication. So let's say it's within six feet, which is when it starts recording. you know that you've actually logged and been around that person but it also tells you the amount of time in five minute increments so hey you were exposed to this person on this date you were within 10 feet of this person for 20 minutes you probably should take these steps or you were 20 feet away from this person for five minutes here's some other steps you should take and just be a little overly cautious but i think that kind of brings up another point to this is Are we going to get positive notification fatigue, meaning we go out and live our life, right? We go around, wear our mask, practice social distancing. The first time we get an alert that, hey, we possibly were exposed, we do everything by the book. Two-week self-quarantine, you know, follow up with the doctor, da-da-da-da-da, but we come out of that, the next day we get another alert. Are we supposed to go through it again? What happens on the third or fourth time you get an alert that you're potentially exposed? Like, do you start ignoring that and just go about your everyday life? That, that's something that, you know, we're going to have to learn how to live with and and react to, you know, if it's as contagious or as it has been and, you know, continues to grow, we're going to receive multiple alerts once this fully launches.
1: Oh, I agree um and what if it you know what if this this could go you know we're talking from a long-term perspective this is this will go beyond covid every single time there's any type of disease out there people are gonna freak out i'm gonna think we're gonna need we're gonna need to contact i mean even something as basic as flus perhaps you know this the same apis could be extended we're just gonna have a different you know uh pull down list of the thing that you you got sick from so um you know, I, I think you're right. We're going we're, we're gonna to be living in fear of that, of that notification popping up all the time. It's going to make us mentally ill, no, as if we're not mentally ill already.
0: Yeah, right. and another aspect too is, let's say you're in one building and someone's on the other side of the wall in a different building, but your phones think you were within a certain distance of each other. And for enough time, that person on the other side of the wall eventually tests positive. You have zero risk. You, you were completely separated. Right. But yet your phone tells you, hey, you probably were exposed. There's a lot of little things like that that we're gonna to have to work through uh, going forward. And to me, I, I plan on leaving installing the app when the apps launch. And then when later on when they, this is actually baked into the OS and you don't have to install an app, I plan on using this. I, I'm gonna leave it active. Sure. You know, this is something I, I have welcomed since the announcement. I think it makes a lot of sense. I don't have any privacy concerns. I, I agree, it's possible someone can, state actors, hackers, whatever, can get in and reverse engineer some of this. But I don't see the stigma with COVID-19 uh, at all, at least not yet, I, I just don't see it. And I don't have any issue if someone were to find out that, hey, I got sick somewhere and uh, I tested positive, That that's fine with me. Uh, I forgot where I was going with all of that. <laughs> So let's talk about the so.
1: So in the United States, we're going to use this system, right? And a lot of other countries that will that have will have this this you know will have the will they will use this system, right? We know there's a country that's not going to use this system. United Kingdom.
0: Yeah, yeah. So their app uh, pictures have started to show up. How it works, you know, that has started to show up, and it sounds like. From what I was reading yesterday, and I haven't verified this, but it was, you know, a news story. You have to have the app open and running at all times for it to work in the foreground. So you go out, you can't place a phone call. You can't reply to text messages. You can't do anything. The app has to be open and actively running. If that's true, that is a horrible way of going about doing this. No, it's passive in the background, something you don't have to actively think about. The data and the accuracy of it is just not going to be there.
1: No, it's not gonna. It's not gonna be very useful at all.
0: Yeah, I'm glad Apple and Google have partnered up for this. Like I said, I'm going to leave it active and running. I hope other people do as well. I do understand the privacy concerns, but uh, what about you, Jason? You gonna have it open and run, or not even open and run? I'm gonna run
1: it. I'm gonna run it all the time. Um, But. And I think it's it. This is at least a, a good start for Apple and Google to be cooperating on APIs and data sharing and things like. Like I said, you know, in a previous article I wrote about the fact I really think they need a payment system uh, cooperation in some way. Um, yeah, I think that would be huge. Um, there's other areas in which they can cooperate. Um, you know, I'd like them to use similar charging technologies. That would be nice. Um, you know, so I I think this opens up. The possibility for more cooperation between the two companies in the future. Um, I, like I said, I really think that we could, we had this worked better than just voluntary hitting the button, right? I mean, I know people are worried about their personal liberties and all this kind of stuff, but you know, th- this is a disease that kills a lot of people, right? I mean, if, if you are if you're diagnosed with this thing, it's got the, 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 this flagging has to occur at the hospital where you where, where, or, or or the healthcare provider that where you're, where you're diagnosed, it's, it has to happen. Um, I think just, that's the
0: intent of Google and Apple, whether or not that happens, you know, that remains to be seen.
1: And uh, I do think that we're going to need some type of geographic data uh, to make this much more useful um, because it just, it just, it's, it's hard to get an understanding of how this virus moves around. Um, Without that information, you know, uh, not to not have those heat maps, to not understanding movement at a meta level, right? I mean, if you take a look at what that guy did uh, with that metadata, with all those people that came down to Florida um, and the Fort Lauderdale beaches, and then what happened to all those cell phones as they propagated around the country, right? It was a very illustrative way of seeing how the virus moves around, how that that w- we can see that happening at a at a localized level. You know with more finer detail of buildings and things like that um and, and and what type of spaces people go to to get a better understanding of what happened what, when we reopen up all these restaurants what's gonna happen right we need we need to understand yeah. this stuff um because right now we're just pr- working from a premise of fear and not understanding anything
0: which is which is which, which doesn't help us so two things to that um and then we'll wrap this up first I think that the geographical information, the location data isn't needed. I I don't agree with that at all. I think the replacement and the answer for that is testing. You have the testing, you know where it's going, where the hotspots are, what's going on, and you're able to map this far better than any phone can. Uh, The second thing is for the privacy concerned, you just talked about how a random person on the internet was able to gain access to thousands of phones and their location information and then map where they went, where they were, and where they, where they went with zero privacy concerns at all. And anybody can do that. It, it's marketing 101 in 2000, you know, 2020. It, it just it happens every day. Marketing companies use Bluetooth and Wi-Fi location to track they us do. all day, every day. I'm perfectly okay with private keys being exchanged through secure means. The fact that that map was able to be created, I knew that that kind of stuff could happen, but the accuracy at which it was created, and if you have no clue what we're talking about, Google it. Look at the, the transition from spring break in Florida and the map and the hotspots that COVID-19 it's, it's,
1: it's a different type of metadata than what would be used for, for tracking you know, transmission of viruses at, at a local level with, with the little precision we'd be talking about. But still, yes, that, those, that type of metadata does exist. And, I mean, and,
0: yeah, you have a phone in your pocket, people can track you. Yes. End of story. And not just your wireless carrier marketers can track you track you by Bluetooth beacons around you, Wi-Fi networks around you. It's been going on for years. It's it's nothing new. Matt is part of why I'm perfectly okay with all of this. So Perlo, do you have any closing thoughts here? I will say
1: this: if when this app comes out, when it's in our cell phones, and you get diagnosed, hit that button. Yeah. That's, 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 that's all I got to say. Don't, don't just do me favor and prove me wrong. That's <laughs> yeah, what I'm saying.
0: Yeah. No, I, I, I think that's a good way to summarize it. Be a good citizen, you know? Yeah. That's the end of it. Just hit the button. No one's going to know it was you. Uh, help others out. That, that, yeah. I think that's a good way to close it out, Jason. I'm Jason Cipriani.
1: And I'm Jason Perlow.
0: And this is Jason Squared. Make sure to watch or listen to us at ZDNet.com.